Thank you, brother. Amen. I've got my tissues here. That should get me through the first sentence, I hope. <laughs> but I did bring some notes. That didn't take long. I'd like to thank both my parents for helping me with that. Because <laughs> they both cried everything too, but it's good. I think a man needs to cry every once in a while. Amen. Uh, Romans, the 12th chapter, verse 2. We'll start out with a couple of verses. The pastor asked me to share. I didn't really know what to start with or where to go or, or what. So I'm not much of a preacher, and that would give you about eight minutes of speaking. So I'm going to try to keep you here for 12 minutes tonight. But Romans, the 12th chapter, verse 2, And be not fashioned according to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. And I know you just got there, but we're going to flip over to Hebrews, the fourth chapter. In verse 12. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing even to the dividing of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and quick to discern the thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we just ask you tonight, God. Help us to see your glory in this tonight, Lord. Lord, we're not here to give anything to anybody other than to you, Lord, and your servants, just to, to recognize, God, the glory that you've done in our lives. And we just ask that you just be blessed by it tonight, God, by everything we say tonight, God. May it just remind us of how good you are. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll try to get through this. I don't know how it'll work, but... I thought tonight that I would just share my testimony. And I know that it's important for us to know each other's testimony because it shows how God can work in such miraculous ways all across the board. And I was touched by Pastor Rodney's speaking last week, just sharing with all of us the, the trials that he went through growing up in church and, and not really going out into the world. And I, I don't have that testimony. And I used to always think to myself, Lord, I wish, I, would, I wish you would have kept me to the place, Lord, where I didn't do all those things. But I realize now it's those things that God brought me out of that has me standing here before you tonight to be able to testify of God's goodness. So I was reminiscing a little bit about my youth. I can remember my mom taking me to uh, some Bible, um, I don't know what you call it, kids class. I believe the, the, a girl that we used to go to church with, her name was Sarah, I think, that mom took me with. And I can remember those times. I remember that I ended up at a, a, a youth group that was really unaccepting of anybody that wasn't part of who they were wasn't a part of their clique. They were a little bit judgmental. I even remember one time my dad took me to a Pentecostal church. Wow. 
having not grown up in church, and this was before I came to this church, my dad took us down to Red Bluff, me and my brother, and his friend that he had known when he was in the lumber business had gotten saved and became a preacher and moved to Red Bluff and was, was there preaching. So we went to his service, and I didn't really know what to expect. Every, every church I'd ever been to was non-denominational, so there was no really expression of, uh, expression of emotions or, or preaching of the word loudly. And uh, they started out service singing a song, and before the first song was over, I looked around, and it was just my dad and my brother and I sitting down, and every single one, not, not, not one person was excluded, every single person in that church was running sprints around the building, and I thought, Lord, what has my dad brought me to? What have we gotten into? Because I'm telling you, I was, I was scared out of my mind. So I've had, I, I grew up with a little bit of that in my in my life, but things begin to change when God started calling me, and when God started to speak to me. I remember, and I, you know, I have to share a little bit of personal personal life in, in order for you to understand where God was working out in my life. But uh, I think I, if I if I am honest about it, it was about the age of twelve where the Lord just put a family into my life that was different than everybody. They, they lived differently, they lived purely, and they lived holy, and that was different than most people. I didn't even know what that meant, to live pure and holy. I mean, I was raised in a, in a, a good home that was full of morals and integrity, so I knew all those things, but I didn't know what pure and holy before the Lord meant. And the Lord put uh, the Kincaid family in my life. And Rodney said this a couple weeks ago, but that I remember being in their garage going to youth group. I can remember being over at the old church going to youth group. I remember the community center. I can remember. I remember Sabra and Jess playing their music at the community center with a heart completely after Jesus. I remember those times because there was something different that I had seen in all of them. And I'll be honest with you tonight, because that's all I'm going to do, and that's pretty much all I ever do with you guys, but I really only went to church because there was a girl there that I thought was really pretty. <laughs> and I still do. But I went there because, because Heather was there. I really had no intention of finding out who God was. But God has different plans. And I'm thankful the word we received this morning because... It's because of a pastor and a leadership group that was willing to stand up and boldly proclaim the words of Jesus that God was able to speak into my heart and I was able to find who the Lord was for myself. Because had I been in a place where I was just there to see a girl and they didn't really preach a message about sin and living right, I don't know where I would be today. But there was a message being spoken and there was a word that was being brought forth. There was a God who was trying to call me out of a place that I had been in my life. And I don't speak openly about my past because it's really not something I'm proud of, but God saved me from a place that I don't know where if I, if I would even be here today, if I would be alive. In fact, I may have been one of the people that we preached to at the park if God had not reached out and touched my life. But God calling and God working through people who are willing to speak boldly is what saved my life. I can remember that we went up to Mount Lassen camp every year. 
during the summer to go to, to the Pentecostal Church of God youth camp. And every year we went up there and I sat through service and I left exactly the way I was until the last time I went there. And Brother Dan Norris was speaking. And he, he spoke something that just so touched my heart that I couldn't help but say, Jesus, I need you. And so it was there at Mount Lassen camp that I gave my heart to the Lord fully for the first time. So it was kind of a bummer that we didn't get to have church camp there this year. I was kind of looking forward to it. But in all that time that I was coming to church and hearing God's word, I didn't realize that God was calling me into a place that I'm at today. I heard God's word, but I wasn't listening to God's word. In fact, while I was thinking about what to speak tonight, God just revealed something to me. And I never thought of myself this way until God revealed it this week, that I was a selfish man. That I only cared about what I wanted, I only cared about the things I was doing, and I didn't care to hear what God was saying to me. In fact, I can remember one time I did something really stupid. Well, I did things, a lot of stupid things in high school, but one particular time I remember, and my friend said, you better pray that you don't get in trouble over this. And I said, what's God going to do to help me through this? And I look back at that and say, that was a foolish, selfish man who didn't realize the God that we know today. John 6.44. I had to take pictures of all these scriptures because I don't have a Bible. My wife thought it was a good idea to pack those away. So just a note to yourself when you go to pack things, if you're going to pack things, don't put your Bible in a, in a box somewhere in storage. It's really hard to read. But John 6.44, it says, No man can come to me except the Father that sent me draws him. Thankful that the Lord draws us. I'm so thankful that God's Word draws us. It was God's Word drawing me that led me to a place of knowing who he is. I'm probably going to stutter. I'm probably going to jump all around tonight, but just if you could just deal with it for tonight. Well, every other time I've spoke to, but. But I told the college kids, the other kids, the college adults the other day in class. I told them there's a misconception about Christianity. And that is when you get saved, you have everything all together. And I'm going to tell you right now, when I got saved, I was a hot mess, and I did not have everything all together. My life was still needing some work. My life was still needing the Word of God preached hard. I was still needing God's correction. I was still needing God to lead me. I was still needing to wake up every day and seek God for myself. And there were just some days I didn't do that very well. And sometimes that's hard for us to admit that sometimes we've failed at doing the one simple thing that God's called us to do, and that's just to serve Him. But in the midst of, if you will, my immaturity as a man and as a, a Christian, I learned some tough lessons from the Lord. But they're lessons that I'll never forget. There are lessons that will stick with me until the end of time. Until my time is done. And I'm thankful now to look back on those and say, Thank you, Lord, 
that you took a hard-headed, immature, stupid young man and kept trying to pound your word into his head. Because without God, I'm not anything. In fact, the other night when we spoke at the bonfire, I, I told you that me and Brother Herman were standing in the back office and both of us just standing there weeping with nobody having said anything because we realized where we'd come from. And I think the change sometimes helps us reminisce about all the things God's done in our lives and where God's brought us from and where God's taking us to. So I have a couple things I want to testify about tonight. It was 17 years ago that I was out working just like any other day. And you probably know these testimonies, but I want to share them because God's touched my heart through them. But 17 years ago in January, this last January, that I was out working like any other day until a nail came up and stuck in my eye and I couldn't see for three days. And it makes you really wonder what your life's going to be like when you only have one eye. Well, I knew what my life was going to be like. My wife was going to make fun of me for the rest of my life because she said I would go to look at her. But I look back on it now and say there's no reason why I should have my eyesight today. There's no reason why after three days I should have took off that blindfold and only had to wear a bifocal for three months. But God had a different plan. And God has a different plan for each one of us. God has a plan that we can't see. And this I told to the college kids, the uh, college adults. I call them kids. I'm old now. Thankfully, my son saw a picture today. It was from last month, but he didn't know that. He said, man, you were young. I said, praise the Lord. <laughs> last month, I was still young. But God has done so many great things for us. But there's no reason why I should have only had to wear a bifocal on that eye for three months before I went to the doctor and the doctor said, your eye is completely healed up and you see perfectly. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. I'm so thankful. And this is what I was going to say. I told the, the college adults the other night. Is that I'm so glad that God takes our plans and chucks them down the drain and that he's got a better plan. Because every time he's taken my plans and flushed them down the toilet, his plans have always worked out better than anything I could have ever thought of. I remember Sister Donna was going up to the park, and this is how the park ministry began. She was going up there with some other friends from a different church who were going up there and feeding on Sunday afternoons. And so I, I offered to go up, and I wanted to go up there with her, and so I went up there. In fact, I think she invited me, and I went. And when I came back, we were talking that Sunday evening, and I told, and Pastor said, "Well, how was it?" I said, I'm, "Honestly, there was, it was good to help people, but there was no gospel being spoke to those people. A few prayers here and there, but there was no preaching. There was nothing to make people realize that their lives were in ruins without Christ." And he said, "Well, what do you think we should do about it?" I said, "Well, let's have a, a park ministry. Let's go up there and preach to them." And he's, and he, uh, I said, uh, "This was on a Sunday evening." I said, "But not this Friday. Let's go two weeks from now." And the Pastor says, "Oh no." No, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it this Friday. He says, in fact, I want you to speak. And I went and swallowed my throat all the way down into my stomach because I am not a public speaker. But I'm thankful that he did that. I'm thankful that God uses our opportunities to tell other people about Christ to change us. 
I remember the first night we went to the park ministry. I remember chasing people down the streets. And we thought we were going there to witness to crazy people. And they all witnessed crazy people chasing them down the streets with plates of food. Literally chasing them down the street. Hey! And they're like, get away. I remember we met Larry and Sylvester that night. So many, and, and this was just another testimony of the Lord, is I'm, I'm not that good with names. But when we started the park ministry, the Lord literally gave me the ability to remember every one of their names every single week, even if we hadn't seen them for months on end. And I believe that was because God wanted the people to see that he cares. Now, it was nothing to do with me, but it was just God wanting those people to know that he loves them, and they're not just people on the street. And then we started the park ministry on Saturdays, and I had to speak on Friday nights and Saturday mornings. And I thought, how am I ever going to do that? I have hard enough time coming up with one message. But to be honest with you, it's just easy to tell people that they need Jesus. It's really not that difficult. Maybe we bring it in a different way every time, but we, we were talking the other night in class, and it just always comes back to the same thing. Jesus is the center of it all. He's the center of everything we do, and if he's not, our lives are going to be a wreck. But if he is, things are going to be okay. And I took after pastor, and this one thing is I always heard him saying, devil, yelling at the devil because the devil did things. And I know he doesn't feel that way, but you got to yell at somebody when something bad goes wrong, and you're not going to yell at your wife because that's dumb. And surely we're not going to blame ourselves, but the, the reality of it is, most of the time when things go awry in our lives, it's because of our own nature, our own selves. And I can, I can testify of this tonight, knowing that I realized that I was a selfish man in high school. I only wanted to do my own thing. I only wanted to be popular. I only wanted people to know who I was. I just wanted to have a good time. But God was calling me to something bigger. And I thought, oh, look, now I've grown up and now I'm married. I'm going to grow out of that selfishness. And I tell you tonight, you'll never grow out of your selfishness. And all you people who are older than me say amen. What? You guys don't struggle with that. Praise the Lord. I hope I get there someday. But I talk to you young people tonight. You'll never grow out of your selfishness. And the only way to conquer it is through pursuit of Jesus Christ. Every single day. For your selfishness and pastors preaches so many times, your sin will keep you longer than you ever wanted to stay. It'll cost you more than you ever wanted to pay. But I can testify tonight that if you don't let Jesus conquer your selfishness, you're on the brink of losing everything. And I don't mean financially. There was a time after I got saved, after we had done the park ministry, where selfishness began to get itself back into my heart. And there was an opportunity for me to lose everything in my life, my family, and my wife. And God revealed to me again how selfish I was. And I remember my wife saying, we need to go talk to our pastor. And of course, when you're selfish, you don't want anybody to know about it. So we went and talked to pastor, and with, with no hesitation, he just said, well, let's, we're going to pray about this. We're going to believe God's going to take care of it for you. I'm trying to think of the word to say with no judgment. He didn't treat me any differently 
knowing the things that were happening in my life. But continuing in his faith in the Lord helped me to draw back upon the strength of the Lord in my time of need and in my time of selfishness. I want to share one little story as I'm getting ready to finish, and I think I've went for nine minutes, so we're good to go to stop anytime. But when I was a freshman in high school playing football, I broke my leg about three weeks from the end of uh, the season. And I really loved baseball. I only played football because it was just another sport with a ball. I just needed to have some kind of sport ball in my hand. It didn't matter what it was, soccer, football, baseball, basketball, whatever. But I was playing football. I broke my leg, and baseball season was coming up, so I was trying really hard to get recovered to go to baseball, and I went and tried out for the the JV baseball team. And I was a pretty decent ball player, and I tried out, and after tryouts, the, the coach came up to me. He said, son, what position do you play? And I said, well, I pitch and I play third base. And he says, well, I've got those positions covered. You play anywhere else? I said, no, I don't play anywhere else. He says, well, I don't have a catcher, and I need you to play catcher. And I said, well, I've never sat the bench before, and I don't plan on starting now, so I'll play catcher. And I was was thinking about that story this week. It made me think about our lives in the Lord. None of us have sat the bench We've all been a part of something. We've all been part of a ministry that's preached the gospel of Jesus. And no matter where God asks us to go, or what part of that ministry or what part of that body God asks us to be in, it's time or it's a good opportunity for us to say, Lord, I'm not sure how to do it. I'm not sure I have the ability, but if that's where you want me to go and that's what you want me to do, then I will step into that role and give it my whole heart. I'm a terrible loser and I wasn't about to lose just because I wouldn't play catcher. And my dad was really upset with the coach that he even asked me to play catcher after having my cast off for one week. But you would be more upset with yourself if God asked you to do something and you didn't step into the role, even though you didn't feel like you were worthy or that you were capable of doing what he was calling you to do. And Pastor mentioned this morning about love and the gospel of love. And love's not enough. Keep us serving Jesus. With the love that God gave us, it's not enough for us to continue in our servitude of Him just by His love. If it was, if love was enough, kids wouldn't run away from home, loved spouses wouldn't walk out on marriages, and loved people wouldn't turn their backs on God. But what keeps us in our faith is the gospel. What keeps us in our faith is the truth of the gospel. What keeps us in our faith is the men and women who will stand up boldly and proclaim the name of Jesus Christ and what He stands for and what He's doing in our lives. So I guess I would encourage you in this tonight. As Pastor said this morning, boldly proclaim Jesus wherever you go. Boldly proclaim it. Because you don't know who's listening. You don't know who's just hearing the words but years down the road is going to listen to the words that are being preached. Because I remember a time where I stood up in the front and prayed with a woman for a lot of years for the salvation of her husband. Wondering if that day would ever come. 
because the word of God goes forth truthfully and in love. He serves Jesus. Something that when we prayed it, I don't think either one of us necessarily thought it would ever come true. But God's plan is bigger than our plans. And when we keep Jesus at the center of our lives, and when we keep Jesus at the center of everything, sit back and watch God do something amazing. Sit back and watch God work in your life as you work for the kingdom wherever God calls you to in that, in that body. Amen? Love you all. Pastor. Thank you, Brother Austin. Thank you, Brother Austin.